Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. Welcome into the show. It's good to be back. Quick note for all our listeners that you can find the Steelers Wire podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. So hit that subscribe button for us. Leave us a review. We do appreciate you. Kurt, man, it's great to be back talking football with you. My wife and I welcomed our son, Julian, into the world a couple weeks ago. Everybody's happy and healthy, I can report. Having a lot of fun. Might be slightly sleep deprived, so you know, you got to give me... Cut me a little slack on my takes here over the next couple of weeks, yeah. right? But uh, you get, but you get one that. week. Exactly. You get one yeah. week. Got to get my form back, right? Yeah, I just got to figure out how to change a diaper. Yeah, that's really it's it's, it's difficult when you have a little boy, if you know what I mean. It's just you know, <laughs> you, you never know. You never know when he's going to sneak pee. attack. Oh yeah, oh yeah. People <laughs> people warned me, and I did not take that seriously enough. So uh, that's oh, it's it's been hilarious. It's been great. It's been a really it's been really fun. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. But like I said, it's it's good to be back talking some football. And that's one thing. You can play with a baby and watch all the college football and pro football you want, right? And sit on the couch yeah, and do that yeah. thing. It's a great time to do it. Uh, and with the Steelers coming off the bye, you know, I've been really, I've been looking kind of at bigger picture things with the with each conference. You know, a lot of people putting their power rankings out there, Kurt, each Tuesday, talking about how all the, the five best teams in the NFL are all in the NFC. So I've been like looking at the AFC. I'm like, who wants to... Who wants to take control of this conference? Is it going to be the Bills or or the Ravens or the or I guess the Titans? They lose to the Jets, and all of a sudden it's the Titans, right? Every yeah. week it's a different team that wants to take a take the conference and be that team. We don't know who it is yet. It's it's very much wide open. And in the case of the Steelers, they've just kind of been treading water, right? A little banged up, three and three. All of a sudden, coming off a bye, you go up against a division rival on the road in the Browns, who you know half their team were was injured the last time they played on Thursday night. So it's like. You're three and three. You beat the Browns. All of a sudden, you got the Lions and the Bears at home, back to back weeks, and you could be six and three and right in the mix in the AFC because everyone in the AFC has at least two losses right now. It's kind of wild. It's wide open. Yeah, I mean, there's they're they're in last place in the AFC North, only a half game out of the playoffs. <laughs> it's insane. So I mean, yeah. it's you know this game this game's going to be a measuring stick for a lot of guys. A lot of guys on that roster that have played pretty well this year. I think Mike Tomlin's going to challenge him. You know, he understands how important this game is. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, after this game, home cooking for two weeks against a couple of bad NFC teams, and, you know, they could they could be right in the mix for, for the AFC North, much less the playoffs. I mean, they, they're always gunning for that AFC North crown. I mean, the wild card's great, but as a, as a franchise, they, they kind of hang their hat on winning the division. And right now they're staring up at, you know, the Bengals and Ravens are kind of the two – the two powers of the of the division, but if Pittsburgh six and three, they're going to be right there with them because those teams are going to keep losing too. Yeah, I, I think it's great right now. I you know I was worried at one and three, and then they win a couple of games and they start getting healthy and you just you just see that team kind of coming together. The running game is getting back on you know it's finally getting on track a little bit. You know Najee Harris is the the top rookie rusher right now, and I think he's eighth in the NFL in rushing yards. And you're like. This this isn't so bad. We can we can work with this. You know, at least get us to six and three before we have, you know, coming back to the Bengals again and and two with the Ravens and another one with the Browns because it's only going to get harder after those two. Yeah, no, the AFC North is crazy. Any of these four teams could 
could take control of the division. Who's it going to be? Who wants it? Uh, so here, here's my question, Kurt. Do you trust that the Steelers can win two of these next three? Because I think at least that's what we want, right? We, you can't lose two of these three. You got to win right. two of these next three. You know, that game against the Seahawks last time out, it was kind of ugly, right? And thankfully, yeah. uh, Geno Smith just folds when the pass rush gets there because uh, that would have been a terrible loss if that one slipped through their fingers, and it almost did. But they found a way to win that game. And but do you trust the Steelers? Can they go out? Can they win all three of these next? Or do you think, can they at least win two of the next three? I, I would feel pretty good about two of the next three. I think that, that, that the amount of energy that the team would have to expend, you know, they, they won two in a row before the bye. You know, part of your thinking is, is, man, you hate to have a bye week come while you're on a winning streak. But I think for Pittsburgh, they just operate on this kind of limited energy. They, they kind of run out of gas when they're playing good football. I mean, even last year when they were 11-0, they, they weren't playing good football in a lot of those games. And I think it's, it's good that they got the bye week. I think they're going to come back in, have some high energy. But I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see them drop one. If there's one for him to, to lose, it'll be that stinking Lions game and get Detroit a win. Yeah, the Lions you know, they, scary. They'll, come yeah. out, they'll, they'll come out and beat the Browns on the road, division rival. Then they'll come back and, you know, everybody says how good Pittsburgh is on Monday night football. So they'll come out on Monday night and they'll get the win. And then they'll just fall flat, you know, in a game that they should walk away in. Yep. And that, that would be the most Tomlin thing they could do. Now, 100%. And speaking of Tomlin, he's in the news. Uh, just the, the, the clip of him with the reporters, I mean, it was hilarious, but it was also like, it was different, right? I've never seen Mike Tomlin that upset. He was, he was actually mad. He stormed off yeah. when uh, he was asked about these rumors that he might be headed to USC or LSU or might be interested in those jobs. And he did shut it down in, uh, in, in, Mike, you know, in perfect Mike Tomlin fashion, Kurt. You know, I don't got time for this. Don't ask me these questions ever again kind of deal. And, yeah. You know, and India, I thought it was interesting. He's like, you guys asking Sean Payton and Andy Reid these kind of questions? So he's he was clearly offended by just the questions. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, Tim Benz, the reporter who asked the question, took a lot of heat for that. But you have to ask that question. Yeah, sure. I mean, you have Carson Palmer coming out saying that it's it's a thing. You've got Ryan Clark coming out saying it's a thing. I, I don't fault Tim Benz for asking the question. Maybe the follow-up might have been a, a, a bridge too far. You know, he might have got – so you're saying it's a no. You know, going going that one extra yeah. step might have yeah. been a little much, but I have no problem that he asked the question. I don't think Mike Tomlin should have been offended by it. But, you know, it, it's one of those situations where he's the, he's the coach of the most loyal franchise in the NFL. He, he's going to have that job for as long as he wants to have that job, not as long as they want him. I mean, he's never going to lose that position until he's ready to. So I, I, you know, you always knew when all this was coming out that it wasn't really serious, but having watched a lot of Mike Tomlin press conferences over the years, that's probably top five for most animated I've ever seen him in, 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 you know, 14 seasons of press conferences. I mean, he doesn't get that upset about the games. And so you knew, I mean, you know, earlier in the year, we got to see him that upset about that phantom, um, officials review in the in the, the end of regulation in the Seattle game. Yep. I mean, he was really he. I thought he was worked up about that. Well, that was nothing compared to how he responded to the coaching questions. So, you know, I, I'm glad he he was definitive about it. I know that he doesn't want that to linger. You know, if anything, he wants to be. You know, a lot of these coaches like to be the center of attention. You know, Detroit got 
got Campbell. I think he loves to put on a show in his press conferences and kind of make himself the story. Sure, yeah. Mike Tomlin wants just the opposite. He wants he wants no one talking about him for anything, good, bad, or indifferent. He defers everything to his coaches, everything to his players. So I'm sure he did not appreciate his name and all these headlines about about leaving the Steelers. I, I, I can't imagine for him there was anything that was going to going to aggravate him more than the idea that he became the story for the Steelers this week. So, yeah, I, I was fine with how he – I was fine with that the question was asked, and I was fine with how he responded to it. Yeah, same here. I mean, I think he's a guy that he probably knew it, that question might be coming, and he was probably already pissed when he sat down. And he was like, I better yeah, not get yeah. this question. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's going to get asked. And uh, here's the thing with Tomlin. As you said, like, he gets to decide his future probably. I don't, no one's going to be pushing Tomlin out. It's going to be his decision. Does he want to stick around for the post Roethlisberger era, right? Does he want to do the rebuild right. thing with the next quarterback? Well, he probably he would if it's Aaron Rodgers, right? You remember the the yeah. walks and the kisses yeah. during that game? They were what the, Jesus? Those two need to get a room. Oh, those two, man. Rodgers and Tomlin. My God, jeez, two best friends in a room. Oh, that was man. the craziest thing I ever saw. That was wild. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So yeah, is is Tomlin going anywhere? Is he going to USC? Hell no, not if you no, get Aaron Rodgers. No, <laughs> not, not if you Aaron. can get Aaron Rodgers. Because <laughs> no, Aaron no. Rodgers, I, I mean, he might have one year eligibility left, but I'm not sure that he's going to USC either. So <laughs> It's awesome. So, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that was hilarious with Tomlin. Trade deadline right around the corner, Kurt. I want to get into that. Will the Steelers be buyers or sellers? Let's talk about that coming up next. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. I'm Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 8. Let's get right into it. Denver Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater versus the Washington football team. The veteran quarterback gets Jerry Judy back in the lineup this week. Washington's tough to run against, but they're much weaker against tight ends and wideouts. With a capable pass-catching tight end in Noah Fant and three deep of legit wide receivers, Bridgewater should find a lot of success in the passing game. The position has averaged a league-high 31.2 fantasy points per game against this defense, and the next closest team, which is Kansas City, has given up only 28. One in every 9.7 completions is a touchdown, and Washington has picked off just one out of every 69 pass attempts. Buffalo Bills running back Zach Moss versus the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo returns from its bye week to face one of the weakest defenses of the running back position. Moss is coming off his worst game of the year with 5.9 PPR points in week 6, so this matchup comes at the perfect time. Miami has allowed a ground score per game on average, and in the last 5 weeks this defense has improved some, giving up neutral stats across the board as its secondary has struggled to contain receivers, but with all of the attention paid to Buffalo's wideouts, Moss should be free to roam inside the red zone. On the other side of this matchup, Jalen Waddle wide receiver Miami Dolphins at Buffalo Bills. The Bills have the strongest defense of wide receivers in the last five weeks, and only one of 46 catches has crossed the stripe. In week two, these teams met for the first time this year, and Waddle, mind you, it was his second game ever, caught six passes for 48 yards. He has at least as many yards in five of seven games this year, and a hearty 21 targets in the last two contests alone. Buffalo will be content to allow Miami to throw a lot of short area passes in effort to keep them from going over the top, and PPR gamers shouldn't be afraid of the statistical matchup. That said, expect a result capped somewhere in the mid-teens for PPR points. Tight end CJ Ozama, Cincinnati Bengals at New York Jets. There's definite risk in stumping for Ozama, even with a wonderful matchup, just because this offense has so many outlets for the football. The Jets have played really well versus wide receivers, which is Cincinnati's strength, but running backs and tight ends have chewed them up. In the past five weeks, New York has looked a lot more like gangrene than gangrene. Tight ends have averaged 18.8 PPR points on the eighth most catches and yards per game. Two of the 30 catches have scored. While it's out 
always a risk that he could get lost in the mix with so many talented weapons around him. The matchup is super bright, and Uzama is a worthwhile play. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Kurt, trade deadline coming up on November 2nd. And the Steelers are in an interesting spot. They, they I would have put a pass them to make a move, right? They do that sometimes. And they've got plenty mm-hmm. of big names on their, on their roster, right? I, I see that Melvin Ingram is a popular phone call. I've seen names like Devin Bush, James Washington getting floated around. The Steelers have all kinds of names. Can I throw a hypothetical trade at you? See what you think? Sure, so, sure. You know, let's okay. hear it. All right, I've been workshopping this. But again, I'm sleep deprived. i got a newborn baby at home, so... I don't know. This, this is completely maybe out of left field. But all right, Melvin Ingram and a draft pick to be named for Lael Collins over in Dallas, right? So he Ooh. is he is a guy that he had something where he like tampered with his COVID test or something over the, He did something yeah. that got him suspended for five games. I think the Cowboys are kind of sick of his act. He missed a lot of games with an injury last year. They paid him a lot of money. He's a right tackle. And uh, he came back. He he's back off his suspension, but it sounds like they're going to use him as a backup right now. They're not giving him his starting job back. I think he's fallen out of favor. Why wouldn't they give him a starting job back, huh? Why wouldn't they just put him right back into the lineup against the Vikings this week? Maybe because they're looking to trade him at the deadline. Yeah. And the Pittsburgh Steelers could really use a big, physical offensive lineman to kind of usher this thing home, right? So, what do you think, Melvin Ingram and a pick for Lyle Collins? That's interesting. I, 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 I don't hate it. I, I like the idea of, of adding to the offensive line. Even with Zach Banner back, I still think, and especially Collins, because his strengths run blocking. You know, he's a run blocking tackle more so than a, than a pass protector. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for adding, adding guys who can help that run game because the run game is what keeps Roethlisberger upright, um, keeps him clean, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. You know, Melvin Ingram barely played against the Seahawks. Uh, he had he really had his one good game against the Bills in week one. And as as we see Alex Highsmith, you know, playing better and better each week, Ingram's reps have, have kind of dipped. Uh, the, the one rub to that would be if they if the Steelers made that deal, um, they are left very thin at outside linebacker. They would they would probably definitely have to look out to the to the free agent market to see if there's a, a veteran maybe they could bring in to add some depth back there. But yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean Ingram's on the a, a one year deal. There's it's highly unlikely he'll sign at the end of the you know in the off season. So he's he's basically a rental kind of player. The Steelers have several of those guys they brought in as kind of one year rentals. So I I wouldn't be opposed to it. It would free up a. a you know, a draft pick that they wouldn't have to commit to offensive line next year. They could maybe, you know, focus a little harder on finding a new quarterback or something like that. So, yeah, that's that's definitely not the most far-fetched scenario I've heard. I've been asked a lot about guys I thought could be on the trading block, and, and Ingram's definitely one of them. You know, James Washington, another guy heading to free agency. Could you trade him? I even said Mason Rudolph could be a guy that the Steelers 
maybe lift a shop to a team that's that's starving for a quarterback. I mean, it, you know, they don't know what they they're, – they're confident enough in Haskins that they're keeping him at third string. I mean, would trading, trading Rudolph away and bumping Haskins to back up be the worst thing that could happen? You know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that either if they could find a team wanted to work with him. The, the real thing is going to be, you know, what happens this Sunday – whether Pittsburgh wins or loses, I think will determine a lot toward whether they're going to be buyers or sellers yeah. uh, in the in the trade market. I think if they if they beat Cleveland, I could definitely see them going out and adding a piece or two via trade. But if they lose and, and they fall uh, to three and four, I can I can see them trying to trying to make a move, you know, to get out from under a couple of guys maybe and and add some draft picks. So yeah, it, it, a lot of it's going to depend on what happens this weekend. But no, I'm I'm not opposed. I know Collins has had kind of a weird weird story, even going yeah. back to college. Yep. Yeah. You know his his he's the worst kind of thirty for thirty, I think. But <laughs> you know he can play. I mean that's the thing is he's a he's a ball player. You know he was a first round prospect and and had all that trouble and just became undraftable. But he can play, no doubt about that. Yeah, when he's healthy and in shape, he's a dominant right tackle he is and yeah but you know yeah. it's like i don't know if i know he's under contract through 2025 i don't think melvin ingram's i think he's like what a four million dollar deal or something he signed one year so yeah. four or five mil so i don't know if the money matches up i don't know what the cap number would be and all that so that the money might not work i think collins is paid pretty well but you know just just a hypothetical i mean i don't know if teams are out there just giving away offensive linemen at the trade deadline i would love the steelers to go find one i still know how realistic yeah. it is you know at the end of the day it's probably not gonna happen exactly what about Devin Bush? Like, is there any other, like, if they lose the game, Kurt, could there be a, a big name like that that they end up selling off? I, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, and, and Bush is a guy, you, you hate to you hate to pin it on his injury, but, you know, he came out as a rookie, was pretty good. Second season, had his injury, kind of fell off. Has come back kind of slow this year. They've got to make a decision on his, his fifth-year option next year. Yeah, I, I could definitely see them trying to work a trade, which would which would look horrible for the front office after trading up to get him. You know, to, to be honest, if they yeah. if they if they really if they really thought they could get a great deal, but I could see the Steelers holding on to him just for pride, just so they can't say we traded away the guy that we traded up to ten to get just three years ago. Um, you know, that would that would probably be the biggest thing that would limit them. I think another guy is Terrell Edmonds. You know, they're, he's he's eyeing free agency at the end of the year. He's completely underperformed as a fir- former first-round pick. Um, they're going to have to commit a fifth-year option to make a Fitzpatrick in the offseason. So he's another guy that, you know, you could look at and say maybe he's a, he's a potential draft target. But what's a, what's a, a middle-of-the-road safety going to get you in a trade at this point? So Yeah, you know, it's, it's fun to make a big deal about the trade deadline on November 2nd and but, you know, in the, at the end of the day in the NFL, it's a big buildup for kind of a, a slow day, right? There's usually a handful yeah, of moves of yeah. big names. A lot of it's like little moves here and there. A team thinks they might be able to improve subtly to get themselves over the hump. So we'll see what the Steelers do. Yep. Be interesting. I think, yeah, like you said, I, I like that take about how it depends on what happens this week against the Browns. And we're talking about mm-hmm. the offensive line. Like, I think the question is, can you block Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney and yeah, yeah that's, I think, that's it. Yeah, I think that's why the Browns are they're banged up, but I think that's why they're still favored in this game. So Kurt and I will be back. We'll talk about the spread. We'll make some picks. We'll do that coming up next. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. 
What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday Night Football matchup with the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Cowboys favored one and a half. Uh, the Vikings money line is plus 102. The Cowboys money line is minus 125. The over under is 45 and a half. I am on the Vikings plus the points. Actually, I'm just going to take the Vikings outright as a road dog. In the Zimmer era, they're 10-3 and against the spread as a home underdog. Also, Dallas is 6-0. ATS record is due for some regression. I'm skeptical of Dallas' defense. Is this good? And I like a healthy Minnesota offense to keep pace with the Cowboys. Nate. How do you see the Cowboys-Vikings game playing out? I'm going opposite on you, Jeff. Minnesota has a bottom 10 rush defense. Dallas ranks top three in rush attempts per game. The Cowboys are 5-1 and one and have won four of their last five by six or more. Dak is a surging MVP candidate, and their offense has been on fire. Give me America's team by more than one point. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Kurt, the last line I saw on uh, Tipico was the Browns are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home over the Steelers, who, like we said, coming off the bye. And uh, a big question is Baker Mayfield. Is he going to play? We know he's highly questionable. He missed the uh, Thursday night game against the Broncos. Case Keenum, you know, the old Denver Bronco castaway. He, he goes in yeah. there and beats the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, poor Denver. Yeah. Poor Denver. It's not going well for them. Uh, it sounds like Nick Chubb is on his way back. Kareem Hunt is still on the uh, the IR. So the Browns are getting some of their guys back. Baker does sound like he's going to practice. Is he going to play? Who the hell knows? If he doesn't, I'm really going to like the Steelers' chances. But something tells me Baker's going to find his way onto the field on Sunday. I think he will. Yeah. I think that they, you know, I think the on for today, for Wednesday's practice, Cleveland had 17 guys either limited or did not participate. Yeah. And, Baker was limited. I know Stefanski had originally come out and said he planned on him practicing fully, but he was limited. Nick Chubb was limited. Um, Odell Beckham was limited. Uh, you know, they, they had so many guys. Jarvis Landry didn't practice. Denzel Ward didn't practice. Yeah, they're beat up. They are there. And so I think that, that you could see this line move um, later in the week based on some of the decisions that Stefanski makes about all these starters. I think they have – I think I, by my count, there was eight or nine starters limited or DNP at Wednesday's practice. So that's a huge number. Where by comparison, Pittsburgh had three guys limited and everybody else was on the field. So, yeah, if, if Case Keenum plays, I know I know it's a good story to say, you know, he, he played pretty well and, and got him a win. But I, I really like Pittsburgh's chances if, if Case Keenum plays. And I honestly like Pittsburgh's chances if Baker Mayfield plays – but he's he's still banged up because th- those guys are going to hit him. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have to he's gonna have to earn it on Sunday. And and with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward, he's gonna have to really stand in there and take some hits with that injured shoulder. So I I personally I I feel like this is a game Pittsburgh's going to win. 
regardless of who plays quarterback, just because of all the other injuries Cleveland's dealing with. But, uh, but yeah, I think as far as the betting goes, I think if, if Mayfield were 100% healthy, um, this line's bigger than three and a half points to begin with. It's a good time to take the points. <laughs> the the yeah. Steelers coming off the bye, they should be a little bit healthier. Uh, but again, yeah. I just think, can you block the, the Browns? Because you know, their defense yeah. dominated against the Broncos last week on that short week when they had basically their entire offense was hurt and uh, they, they still won the game because their defense is so freaking dominant at times when they yeah. can get after the passer. And, you know, we've seen it. If, if Ben is under siege, uh, it can go south, right? And just like that playoff game last year, he can go south in a hurry if he's under it, siege. Oh, so yeah. we've got to block it just up. Just a few plays. Just a few plays. We've got to block it up. If they can keep Ben clean, I really like the Steelers' chances with the Browns being so banged up. And the uh, total, 42 and a half. I just, I, I, I'm going under. I'm still going yeah. under with this team. I just think, doesn't this one have like, 19 to 17 written all over it, something like that. Yeah. I mean, both teams want to run the ball. Both teams play really good defense. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. For Kurt, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Like we said earlier on, we really appreciate all our listeners. If you could find us on Spotify, find us on Apple, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, leave us a review and tell a friend. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.